What's good, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast, and we, of course, are talking about the big news. Isaiah Stevens will be returning to CSU for a fifth season. At this point, I think this announcement was expected, but still certainly relieving to get that confirmation finally. On this podcast, I'm going to talk about why the decision to return makes sense to me. We're going to get into his legacy. He will go down, in my opinion, as the greatest player in program history. I will get into the projected potential lineups that this team will run out. On paper, at least, you feel really good about the possibilities with this rotation. Just a ton of length, athleticism, experience. I think the staff did a great job of really reloading this roster and getting them back into a position to contend. That said, the biggest piece of the puzzle was obviously Isaiah returning. Should be the front runner for the Mountain West preseason player of the year. But real quick, just before we start into all of this, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn, durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. What that means is if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. You can shop the entire collection at their brand new location, the Park Meadows Mall, a full-stop shop for all things Shady Rays. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. Again, no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also, Shady Rays Memorial Day sale live right now. If you go to ShadyRays.com, you can get 35% off all sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also, as we approach June, you've got Father's Day coming up. Now is the perfect time to hook your dad up with a new golf shirt. Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of All City and DNVR. We love our Pins and Aces gear. We get tons of compliments on and off the course. They're a family-owned golf and apparel business based right here in Colorado. They've got amazing polos, hats, golf bags, even a really cool beer sleeve that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep the drinks cold the entire round. Check out PinsandAces.com. Use the code DNVR to get 15% off your first order. Get free shipping as well. That is PinsandAces.com. Cool, cool, cool. If you missed my interview earlier this week with Dylan Goffney, SMU transfer wide receiver, make sure you go check that out. I'm really excited about the big play potential that he is going to bring to the offense this fall, but certainly a really entertaining interview as well. Just a really humble and gracious young man, but also clearly somebody who's coming to uh, the program with a chip on his shoulder. He feels like he has something to prove. And personally, I love that. I like a guy that feels like he needs to to show everybody and make the doubters wrong. You know, there's a lot of transfers, especially coming from bigger programs or states where football is, I don't know, just like on a bigger scale. Sometimes, you know, they end up at a Mountain West program thinking, you know, their, their shit doesn't stink or like it's going to be a walk in the park or something like that. And as we all know, it's just not the case. This is a competitive league. There's really good football but I'm definitely really pumped about the addition of Dylan Goffney, both with the abilities he has on the field and the type of guy that he seems to be. I just wanted to briefly mention that before I forgot, but getting back into this, I alluded to it before the ad break, but after Isaiah 
did not like kill it at the G League Combine. I felt like he performed better the second day, but didn't have a killer showing the first day. And therefore, unfortunately, did not get an NBA Combine invite as a result. At that point, my gut was pretty confident that he would be back unless, of course, he just decided that he was tired of of doing school, which was certainly a possibility. He's already been in school four years, earned his degree. I wouldn't have faulted him if he just decided that this stage of my life is done. I want to play professional basketball. But the thing is, if he were to go pro this summer, I think his opportunities would either be overseas or in the G League. And for a guy like Isaiah, who's just a natural competitor, an absolute killer out there, I think he still firmly believes he's good enough to play in the NBA. And frankly, I believe he's good enough to play in the NBA. I'll certainly acknowledge that his path there is going to be much more challenging than David Roddy's was just because of size. It's really hard to make it at that level as a six-foot guard unless you just have elite quickness like a young Chris Paul, but even he's six one, he's got an inch on Isaiah, at least as far as what he's listed at. Or you've probably got to be able to jump through the roof, Nate Robinson-esque. And that's just not really Isaiah's game or his style. That's not to say that he's not incredibly skilled. That's not to say that he's not a terrific basketball player. But there are perceptions that he's going to have to overcome. It's going to take a franchise understanding exactly the type of player he is and being willing to overlook some of that other stuff. For me personally, I feel like watching Isaiah run the pick and roll, watching him create his own three-point shot, there is a role in which I think that Isaiah could be an NBA player. I think it would probably be as a backup point guard. But I mean, shoot, if you're even a halfway decent rotational player in the league these days, you're going to get you know 50 plus million. That might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. NBA money has gotten absurd. But ultimately, regardless of whether you believe Isaiah will pan out in the NBA or not long term, I do think that his best chance of getting there is by coming back to CSU, showcasing some of the the stuff I'm talking about, how he runs an offense, elite shot-making abilities, because he's become a really good, difficult three-point shooter these past couple of years. Like, the UNLV game, obviously, is a great example. But some of those step-back threes that he's able to consistently hit are really tough shots. And that's what he's going to have to do at the the NBA level if he's going to be able to make it, especially at his height, be able to make difficult shots over defenders. He's already got that little floater in his bag where he drives into the lane and just kind of tosses it up CP3-esque. His mid-range game is lethal. Obviously, just a tremendous facilitator, one of the best I've ever seen. But I really don't think he gets enough love for for the degree of difficulty with some of those jump shots that he's able to make. I also don't think he gets love for how he's able to finish around the rim, especially around much bigger guys. Like at his core, he's a facilitator. He is a distributor that is going to make everybody on the floor better than him. And that's what he wants to do. He talks about it all the time. To him, good basketball is not necessarily going ISO every possession and you know having to try and drop 50 Kendall Williams style. It's getting everybody involved in the mix. Having said that, though, kind of similarly to a Nikola Jokic, who I also think at his core is looking to facilitate, is looking to playmake, and will score basically out of necessity, 
Isaiah has those moments where the, the flip switches and he's like, I got to take over here. To me, that's the perfect point guard. That's exactly the mindset you want. Naturally unselfish and completely content with having a game where it's, you know, eight points, 12 assists and a victory, but also capable of being that dude that drops 35, that hits those dagger threes. It's just going to be a matter of can an NBA franchise overlook his lack of height, maybe overlook the fact that he's not going to jump through the gym, something like that. At the end of the day, Isaiah is going to have a tremendous professional career somewhere, whether that's in the G League or overseas in the NBA. He's going to make good money. He's going to have unique opportunities. But I do hope that he gets a shot in the NBA in a, in a system that benefits him. We'll have to see, obviously, on that. But for now, just a massive win for CSU men's basketball that he's coming back. So we're going to get into um, what the lineups might look like. We're going to talk about his legacy as a whole at CSU. That's actually what we're going to dive into now. As it currently stands, he has 1,774 career points, which is second most in program history. He trails only Pat Durham, who has 1,980, assuming Isaiah stays healthy, knock on wood there. He should pass that no problem. Honestly, should pass it before the end of non-conference play. Needs 207 points to surpass Pat Durham, 206 to tie. That's half as much as the lowest amount he's ever scored in a season, which was 424 his freshman year. So that record very likely going down, as will total games played in a Rams uniform, games started, field goal percentage, all that stuff in play for Isaiah. I wrote about that in the article. Go back and check that out. His 618 assists is the most in CSU basketball history, men's or women's. Uh, it's actually the most in Mountain West history, too. He surpassed Kendall Williams, who had 617. So very likely that Isaiah gets that number up high enough to a point where it probably becomes unbreakable, especially considering who knows how much longer the Mountain West will be a conference and the always evolving landscape of college athletics, but also just because, you know, there's not going to be a ton of fifth year guys in the future once we get out of this COVID stuff. And if they do get a fifth year, it's going to be probably because they were injured and missed the whole season. So you're not going to be able to be contending for records and all that. A um, couple other things to keep an eye on as it currently stands, 86% career free throw shooter. That is good for fifth best in Mountain West history. He trails Wes Eichmeyer, go Rams. Uh, Jimmer Fredette, Riley Graybo of Wyoming, and then Sam Merrill. Merrill currently the all-time leader at 89.1%. My guess is probably going to be tough to surpass Merrill for that one, but definitely conceivable to finish in the top three. As far as I can tell, if he is a second-team or first-team All-Mountain West selection, he would be the first four-time honoree to make the first or second teams. Five time, I guess, if you count the honorable mention recognition he received as a freshman. But the point of this here is just to illustrate how he's going to go down as not only one of the greatest players in men's basketball history at CSU, he's going to be one of the most accomplished players in conference history, too. And I think that you could make the argument just based on the numbers alone that Isaiah Stevens will be the greatest player in, in school history. But when you also factor in what he means to this program, I think it's unarguable. There may have been guys with more athleticism, more raw talent, you know, David Roddy, 
Jason Smith, Pat Durham, uh, Bill Green. There have been a lot of really good basketball players to come through Mopey Arena, and I want to make sure that I'm being respectful to them and their legacies as well. But when you think about where this program was at before David came in, before Isaiah came in, and obviously there were a ton of players that have been a part of this transformation. Kendall Moore, Adam Thistlewood, Sean Thomas, Tanjay, Chris Martin, Nico Carvacho. I mean, there are a lot of players that have played important roles over the last half decade, but none have been the face quite like Isaiah and David. They, they got way more spotlight, and that's a tough spot to be in. You're kind of viewed as the saviors coming in, and not only have they lived up to that, clearly two of the best players, most skilled, talented, however you want to phrase it, to rep the green and gold. But when you also take a look at just the type of guys that they are and the way that they conduct themselves, it's, it's so unique. They're such special players. Could have transferred out, obviously, gone on and gotten a bag. And I've certainly heard, I've heard some stories about coaches that have tried to get those two to, to leave. But those guys are as loyal as it gets. David was either going to go to the NBA last year or he was coming back to CSU. Isaiah was either going to go pro this year or he was coming back to CSU. He would have been one of the top guys in the portal. He would have been one of the most coveted point guards for sure. Big 12 teams, ACC schools, they all would have been after him because Isaiah can play at any level. But when you even bring up the possibility of that type of stuff, the potential of a transfer, David, Isaiah, they just scoff. They scoff because they're loyal. And they understand the value of being in the right system, being in the right culture, and not getting caught up in the pursuit of flash and everything that comes with being at a high major. But the truth is, it's not always necessarily going to be better for their future. Like, I'm not saying that David Roddy and Isaiah Stevens couldn't have been professional basketball players had they not gone to CSU but I do think the fact that they came here and got to play immediately as freshmen, got to develop and not have to sit on the bench, they were given the freedom to grow out there and make mistakes even. It wasn't always perfect. But it's just been a really cool process to follow, and it's been neat to see the relationships developed between these players and coaches. And I just hope that the uniqueness of this situation is not lost on Ram fans. As I wrote in the article, in an era where it's become more and more about the bag and less about the team, Isaiah really is one of a kind. And yeah, I just think his legacy is going to be really special. I think it's going to be really hard to touch. And personally, I think he's going to go down as the GOAT. But we're going to move on. We're going to talk about the rotation here. Real quick, FOCO is the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They have some of the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Maybe you want to grab an Aloha shirt, a straw hat to wear to the Rockies game, polos, bags, everything you need. They got it. They've hooked us up with our set decorations. It's really cool. FOCO always has our back for Colorado sports, and they'll have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code DNVR for 10% off. Also, it's never been easier to watch live sports than with Fubo TV. They've got 140 plus live channels of sports shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device. It's the best way to watch the most Colorado sports for the lowest price. And you can start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. It's super convenient. On top of that, you're going to get 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. 
It's the best way to watch your local teams while traveling. Maybe you want to keep up with the French Open. Uh, WNBA season is kicking off. We've got the NHL draft, the NBA drafts coming up, UFC, whatever. Fubo's got it all. Watch the Nuggets in the NBA Finals on ABC with Fubo TV. Go to www.fubotv.com slash DNVR to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk about the rotation and what the starting five might look like this year. I do want to say this is not the first time I've made this point but I do think it's a little bit silly how obsessed we become with the starting five in basketball, particularly if you have a good rotation. If you're solid, being able to go eight, nine deep, a lot of the time the minutes are going to be pretty similar anyways. Maybe you have one or two guys that are going to play you know, most of the game, but your players three through eight probably going to be right around the same, somewhere from you know 22 to like 30-ish minutes a night. So frankly, to me, it's more about who's going to be in the closing five than the starting five. But what's cool about this group, at least on paper and under the assumption that everybody is healthy, which was most certainly not the case last year, they're going to have a lot of flexibility with the different types of lineups that they can throw. They've got a ton of depth at guard and wings specifically. Isaiah going to handle the vast majority of the point guard duties, but I do think you'll see, you know, Tavy Jackson play, a healthy amount as well. You want to continue his development and progression. Didn't go super great this past season when they did it, but I do wonder if we'll even see some some situations where they'll have Isaiah playing off ball and Tavy running it just to continue, you know, with his progression in that regard, but also just to get Isaiah some shots where he doesn't have to create for himself, take a little pressure off of him. But to me, where it's going to be the most interesting, obviously, is just what ends up happening with the two and three You bring Josiah Strong back, who, in my opinion, was the best one-on-one defender on the team last year. We just didn't really get to see much of it because of his mono situation. But he's a guy where if he can reach the levels he was playing at at Illinois State, could be really, really important for the Rams. I mean, he's a guy that's 40-plus percent on three-point shots and like six-plus attempts a game. That's a rough estimation. I've looked at his numbers a bunch of times. I don't have them pulled up, but don't quote me on that. But assuming that he's healthy and not super rusty, which is certainly a possibility after only playing in one game last year, I think that you have to have him on the floor as much as possible just because of his defensive prowess. The Rams got to be so much more consistent on this end than they were last year. That was a big thing that Eli Betker, heat check CBB founder, brought up repeatedly when I had him on a couple weeks ago. The big difference with the Rams last year, outside of depth, was just defense. They had the least efficient defense in the conference. They still scored, and they're always going to score because Nico Medved teams score. But defending consistently, that's the difference between being a frisky team, a team you don't want to necessarily play because they might get hot, and being an actual contender. With that in mind, I do wonder if it ends up being Isaiah Stevens starting at the one, Nick Clifford as the two, um... Josiah Strong is the three, and then you could go bigger and have both Cartier and Joel Scott on the floor at the same time. Or you could go with kind of a small ball lineup and have just one of those guys on the floor at the same time and also throw, you know, Javante Johnson or Jalen Lake out there. It's going to be really, really interesting to see who gets those minutes between Neat Clifford, 
Josiah Strong, Javante Johnson, and Jalen Lake. I would say that Lake's probably the best shooter of the group. Neek can get to the hoop the most, though. I mean, we've seen him and, and Johnson both shoot 40-plus percent in a in a season as well. Defensively, at least what I've seen at this point, I would put uh, Josiah Strong and Neek Clifford as the best, but that's not like a dig at Johnson or Lake. It's going to be really interesting. They've got a lot of guys with somewhat similar skill sets, but it's it's a good problem. The depth is in such a better spot than it was last year. They've got more length. They've got more athleticism. They've got more experience. I think they're going to have more consistent shooting. But obviously, you can only have five guys on the floor at one time, so it's going to come down to who's willing to do the dirty work too, who's, who's willing to bust their butt on defense, get out and transition, all that stuff. But nothing like good old-fashioned competition to bring the best out of them. They just didn't have that last year, mostly due to injuries. But it's easy to get complacent when you don't have somebody pushing you. Jay Norvell talked about that. There were guys that played big roles last year for CSU football that he thinks are talented, but they're going to benefit from having guys behind them trying to take their playing time. Competition is a good thing. And the Rams this year are going to have it in the front court and the back court. I mean, I think Kyle Evans should take a big jump forward. I'm stoked that he stuck around. I think in year two, he's a guy who's just going to be bigger. He's going to be stronger. He's going to be more confident. Coming off the injury, we'll see You know, if he's a little bit rusty. But he's a guy, if he didn't reclassify, would be playing at a high major right now. If I keep saying he's a guy, I'm going to sound like Chris Collinsworth. Now, here's a guy who just loves to rebound the basketball. Sorry, that was dumb. (laughs) My long-winded point here is that they're going to have some flexibility, and I think that there are going to be times when they do go smaller, and you you basically play a four-guard lineup with maybe Joel Scott at the five or, or Cartier, depending on the situations. I think there will be other instances in which you go twin towers, and you have two guys in the front court, three guards. But I think one of the greatest strengths of this group is going to be the versatility and the different ways that they're going to be able to play. They should be really strong in transition, should be able to get out and run on folks. I think defensively, the length that they're going to be able to throw is going to be huge for, one, just clogging up lanes and making it harder to attack the hoop on CSU, but also contesting three-point shots. Just felt like the Rams gave up way too many clean looks and rhythm last year. But basically, I don't want to get carried away or anything like that. You know, say they're going to win the Mountain West and go to the Sweet 16 or or something like that. I will say that, in my opinion, this is the best signing class um, since they signed, you know, Roddy and and Stevens, Tanjay and Deshaun and James Moores all in one class. And I do think that the hope slash expectation should be to make the NCAA tournament. They're going to play a non-conference schedule that will be challenging, but should be beneficial for the metrics. And I just think that with the experience and talent that this group has, they should certainly be in that mix. I mean, we'll have to see what some of these other teams look like. Wyoming, Utah State, kind of big question marks at this point after essentially going under a total rebuild. But Boise should be really good. San Diego State will be good. Um, I don't think they're going to be quite as good as last year, but they should still really be solid. New Mexico brings a lot back. They should be in the running. It's going to be a lot of fun. But the big thing for CSU was just getting Isaiah Stevens back. I think he should be the front runner for preseason Mountain West Player of the Year. I think he's going to go down as the GOAT. And I don't really have any way to quantify this, but I genuinely believe that having Isaiah Stevens is the difference between like two, three, four more wins. 
So just massive, absolutely massive that he's returning. It has been a terrific offseason for this program. Huge shout out to Nico Medved, Ali Farokmanesh, Brian Cooley. Shout out to Sam Jones, Aaron Katsuma, Emma Monti, and anybody else in the program as well. JP, Jason Phillips, strength director, not a re- recruiter, but huge part of the program. Really looking forward to the Moby Madness this season. Really excited for basketball. It's going to be a blast. That is all I have for today's show. We'll have more content throughout the weekend and this upcoming week as well. Happy Memorial Day. Thank you to everybody that is serving our country, has served our country. Nothing but love and respect your way. But uh, yeah, that's all I've got. So much love, y'all. Peace. Probably never make it when well, you listening to that right now. I said we on now.